Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. So today we're going to talk about what can go wrong in an IVF cycle. You need to know this before you start and hopefully the doctor has taken you through these options when you are preparing to do an IVF cycle. Obviously the first important thing that can go wrong is that you might not get pregnant. So you need to know what your chances of success are before you start your treatment cycle. Hopefully the specialist will provide you with a realistic number to give you the appropriate expectation. When we start a cycle, the things that can go wrong in terms of not ending up a collection or a baby begin almost immediately. Within four or five days of the injections with IVF, we know whether you're going to respond, whether your ovaries are sensitive to the dose of medication that you've been given. There's probably two or three percent of patients who start cycles who by day six or seven, we've decided the ovaries are not responding and therefore we should stop the cycle. The options if that happens will obviously be to try harder and give a bigger dose next time. Alternatively, it may be a sign that your eggs are running out. Now we should have already worked that out by doing ovarian reserve testing, an AMH or a ultrasound to show antral follicle count. So you will have been pre-warned that this outcome of poor response might be the case. Once the ovary does start to respond, then the next issue may be that the number of follicles that grow is relatively small. So if you've only got one or two follicles, you may decide with the doctor not to proceed to try an egg collection because the odds of getting a good embryo and therefore pregnancy when you've only got one or two eggs is much lower. Again, next cycle, they would probably try a higher dose of medication. The other thing that can happen is over-response. So instead of getting five to 10 follicles, we get 20 to 30 follicles. This commonly occurs with polycystic ovarian syndrome and having high numbers of follicles is not a good thing for you. It almost certainly means that you won't have an embryo transfer in this cycle. You'll probably have a freeze or Our biggest concern when you get too many follicles is that you'll develop something called ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome afterwards and you end up in hospital with quite severe pain and swollen tummy, sometimes even shortness of breath due to fluid collection. So we try and avoid ovarian hyperstimulation. Some doctors may decide to cancel a cycle at that point rather than even do an egg collection because they're concerned that you may get OHSS. These days, with using antagonists as the the drug to stop ovulation, so that's cetratide or or galutran, with those drugs, 
we can then trigger you with a medication which stops OHSS occurring but allows us to collect the eggs. However, you can't have a fresh transfer in that cycle. We freeze the embryos and you have them in another cycle. So there are ways around OHSS or, or potential OHSS. Then you get the trigger injection ready for your egg collection. What can go wrong? Well, timing is important because eggs mature over the 36 hours after the trigger injection to be ripe at the time we go to collect the eggs. Over 40 hours after the trigger injection, you can ovulate yourself. So we might go to collect eggs and there are none there. So that may be a timing issue. So getting the timing right and having your procedure done within a half an hour or so of the plan time is important. The next thing, we go to egg collection and when we put the needle into the follicles to suck out the fluid, we find no eggs. This is very, very rare if you've got a good number of follicles. In women over 40, with one or two follicles, it's not uncommon to end up with no eggs to fertilise. Probably 10% of women over 40 when we get to egg collection, sadly we have to say that no eggs were found. Now that may have been because of premature ovulation. That's rare. Mostly it's because the competency of those follicles with the eggs in them has been poor. And it's something that dogs us as women's age progresses. So failed egg collection probably occurs overall in only 4 or 5%. So at this point, up to the stage of egg collection, along the way, probably 15% of all cycles get to that point and we haven't proceeded to get an embryo. Once we collect the eggs, the next stage is obviously fertilisation. When the husband's sperm is good, we tend to use IVF, letting nature allow fertilisation to occur. In about 1 in 200 patients with good eggs under the age of 40 with good sperm, we won't get fertilisation. That may have been the reason that you are infertile. Some problem between the sperm and the egg interacting. One in 200 is not often, but if it's you, obviously having gone through the whole process, collected the eggs, very disappointing. We can also have same in situations where we have poor sperm and we do ICSI. Even putting a sperm inside the egg doesn't guarantee fertilisation. In about 1 in 50 cases, we get no fertilisation with ICSI when we have poor sperm. The sperm is the problem. However, 99% of patients will, that we collect eggs from and get fertilisation will get progression of the embryos to day 2, day 3 and beyond. However, the number of embryos that keep on going to day 5 reduces day by day by day. Not every egg produces a good embryo, even if fertilisation occurs. So we can reach a point on day five when we were looking to put an embryo back to discover that the five embryos that we had on day one after collection of the eggs has turned into no blastocysts. It's a numbers game. and So if you had 10 embryos to start with on day one, you're much more likely to end up with a blastocyst on day five. But we can get disappointments. Of women who get embryos on day one, 
and have no embryos at the time of blastocyst is probably 2 or 3%. It's not a high number, but it is another time when things can go wrong. And that is much worse, obviously, if you're only getting 2 or 3 eggs and you're over the age of 40. The failure to produce a blastocyst probably occurs in more like 30%, where we've gone all the way through and we still don't have an embryo to transfer at the end of the day. Then in the second half of the cycle, once we've put an embryo back, for those that have been fortunate to have a nice embryo put back, even from that point to the pregnancy test, only on average 35 to 40% under the age of 40 will end up with a positive pregnancy test. So there'll be a 60% chance of not being pregnant at the end of that time. So we go into a cycle of IVF with great optimism. We're going to be the one that's going to get pregnant. We wouldn't be there doing this treatment if we didn't believe that. But there are a series of hurdles that have to be got over before we end up potentially with a baby. Being aware of that beforehand is very important because that creates the right realistic view of what the outcome is likely to be. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.